0: Hi there, folks, and welcome to episode 53, or as we may call it, season 2, episode 1 of One Hour Broadway. I suppose welcome back after a short break. Um, going forward we will be trying to cover as many weeks as we can but due to my working situation probably going to have a month at a time four weeks without a show looks good though we should be alright for talking about obviously payback which has just happened the build up to extreme rules and the pay per view itself then we should be back in time for money in the bank and then again for summer slam um, however before we speak about payback raw anything else like that well round the clock about a month to wrestlemania wrestlemania weekend which max and myself both attended um the weekend itself was great everything about it was what you expected i mean there was so much stuff on there was something for everybody um nxt was the, i'm not going to say easily cuz everything was was actually of a good standard but nxt was the best show we saw Um, I mean, the the thing that I would put up there against it was probably the the WrestleCon Super Show, not because of the quality of wrestling, uh, but more so because of the talent that was there and getting to see different people live in the flesh. Getting to see Jeff Jarrett apparently drunk, um, which, in retrospect, was very, very clear. Um, Plenty of great moments, though, even being at Access and... I mean, as, as people may may obviously be aware at this point, the whole getting autographs and that isn't a big thing for me. Not a big thing for yourself either. Nope. Um, but it was a a great weekend, and even even the, the elements of it being just seeing wrestlers out and about, or figures that you you know from television, like obviously the NXT. Stephanie McMahon was at ringside. Linda McMahon, Jim Ross, and then all these supposed super fans. Um, I mean, guy was... I think Sengai was at every show we were at. Um, even, even that Evolve show. Um, he was looking about there as well. Which is, which is fair enough. That's obviously what the guy likes to do. And he was really happy to take pictures with everyone as well. Um, even spawning his own Japanese Seng girl. Um, who is seated right in front of you at NXT. Yep. Right it was, um, in front. It's pretty strange. Um, anyway... Um, May as well just go back, go over a few key points and maybe just our general thoughts. Um the, the weekend itself in regards to wrestling uh, started on the Saturday remember is that right? Saturday morning. Friday night, Friday, Friday night. night NXT, sorry. Which is a good way to start the, the weekend off. Um great show, every match delivered. We got to see Asuka continue her unbeaten streak in NXT, which was great as well. Gives him a top worker to work with all these young outcomers Makes a lot of sense. Nakamura obviously wins in a great match. American Alpha finally triumph over the Revival. And, and I mean, as good as Nakamura and Sami Zayn was, I thought for a tag team match, the opening match was up there. Um, and then, <clears throat> in my opinion as much as people went on about Nakamura and Sami Zayn, match of the night for me was Baron Corbin, that was It um, was the main event with Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Um, that was a great match. And as I'd mentioned, we did have Austin Aries making his um, his big triumphant debut in NXT, or in-ring debut at least, and beat Baron Corbin, which was quite clear why when we saw WrestleMania a couple of days later. Um, but no, overall, I thought it was a great event, and the main event in particular, the, the inclusion, not by choice, eh, of the blood in the match, I thought it took it to another level. Um, A lot of people moaned about it, about them trying to towel off the blood and that. It's almost like these people have never watched combat sports. If there's too much blood, it gets wiped away and the doctor comes in and checks. That made it feel even more authentic to me. Um, And it was so module, like, this was... This is classic like 2005-2006 module, that's what it felt like. Uh, and Finn Balor was, was there every step of the way. Um, so NXT itself was good and I thought it was a, a good way to start the weekend. Um, maybe a little bit too much this feeling of every match is like, this is intense wrestling and that's what we do in NXT, we wrestle. Um, it was maybe a bit too much at times. I mean, I, I don't f- think there was any of the Baron Corbin and Austin Aries match the way they did. It just didn't f- it felt like nothing compared to the other matches. And even um, Apollo Crews and Elias Sampson didn't even see that. Wasn't in the building for that match. So, and I haven't watched it in NXT either. But, was, but it was a good show.
1: I was thinking, like, obviously, say every match has to be dead intense the way they've tried to build it. Maybe putting that on the main show could have possibly helped it. Having that as the second match and then having maybe Corbin versus Austin Aries as a cool-down match between maybe the Nakamura and Zane match in the Asuka and Bailey title match. Because as you say, every match was like a proper big match feel about it. Fair enough, that's how they wanted it to be. But sometimes you just have to try and you know bring the crowd
0: down a bit before you, you take them back up again. And I think that definitely hurt the the Asuka and Bailey match. Just coming off of that, the big massive thing, oh, here's Nakamura, we've built them up for ages. And the crowd just needed a bit of time to breathe. And that's the other thing, I felt like there was no point where of course, they ran some video packages and things like that. Roman Reigns booed out of the building. Um, well, obviously, he wasn't even in the building, but when he was on the screen, he was roundly booed. Um, I just felt like there was no break, like no time to go in. Obviously, but that's what happens when it's live television, I suppose, or live on the network. I mean, because every time I ran to get a beer or something like that, it was like there was a match that was about to start, and if you just caught the start of the match, that was good. Um, or you had to time it like, all right, one, two, three... Then you're missing them celebrating as you're running to get something to drink or something to eat. But yeah, that, that was only negative.
1: Literally your break was, the pinfalls happened, they're going to celebrate. Can I get back in time before the vignette finishes for the next match? That was literally the, the break you had. It was very just continually done. There was a couple of like advert breaks and stuff like that. Basically like you see uh, on the network. But uh, that aside, just really, really fast paced.
0: How is But then it was it was good. It felt like you went in there and then two hours, two and a half hours later you were back out. Like where did the time go? Yep, definitely. Um, contrasting that was well not really contrasting it um so much as the super show did, but then the following day we had the Evolve show, um, which is quite early on. It was a great show. We got to see um the the heel turn of Drew Galloway and Evolve, which was great. Um, which just set up a good few matches down the line for him there. Um, just getting to see a lot of talent you hadn't seen before. And, of course, everything being topped off by... Well, Zack Sabre Jr. Was, was great as well. Against Matt Riddle, that was a great match. Strange that Zack Sabre Jr. actually lost. However, uh, Will Ospreay and Ricochet was... That uh, was insane. It, it was, was something else. I mean... You might want to say it was a spot fest. You might want to say it it didn't look legitimate. But it was wrestling, doing what wrestling does and suspending disbelief. And it was, I mean, it was one of those matches where you're like, everything looks so choreographed and because it is. Um, I don't think I've ever seen as many reversals that that you never saw coming. I mean... By the end of the match, every time they went to hit some sort of a move, they were like, alright, cool, so somebody's going to do a backflipping and land for you out of this. But that was a great match. And, and even online, all the reports, everybody's opinion seems to be that either that or the Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. match were the best matches of the weekend, um, including all the WWE th- matches that were on. So it was great to see that.
1: It just shows again just how good athletes they are as well, the fact that they have so many
0: over the top counters for every sort of move That was uh, it was definitely something to behold um, <clears throat> I mean so that was good as well It was uh, the venue, I wasn't really that big a fan of the venue um, I mean it was great, you could see all the action in the ring so that was fine and everybody was showing their manners, staying seated most of the time as well so that was great um, then obviously on the, the Saturday night we had the WrestleCon Super Show um, which was, that was probably the director opposite from the NXT show, um, more so entertainment than anything else. Um, even the guys that were, they were there to wrestle. It was it was entertaining more than anything. Even the, the progress title match between, uh, Will Osprey and Marty Scurll was, very much, let's get the crowd on board, be entertaining, and then we can wrestle, which was. And it was absolutely great to see that. Um, obviously, that's a match that's been spoke about since they first had it in progress where Marty Scurrell won the title from Will Osprey. Ospreay. Um, it was one of those matches that you must see. Um, that was certainly up there. I've seen Pentagon Jr. Um, in person twice. <laughs> that was great. Yep, then one night. Um, and also seeing other other guys who look um underground. Like Drago, even Aerostar. And then... I mean, Phoenix was supposed to. He wasn't there. It was uh, Octagon Junior instead. Uh, but that that was a great match as well. <coughs> um, again, it was just strange, you know, this talent in one place, and and I mean, there was some some comedy there as well. Obviously, Colt Cabana and Chuck Taylor teaming against. I have no idea what they were called, but they were very much going with a uh, a boy scout gimmick, which was which was quite entertaining. Um, but that was great, and that also built up to the. I was gonna say it all built up to the the Joy Joey Ryan and Jeff Jarrett five on five. It was really there was a match after that still. But we also had the Matt Hardy and Lance Storm, which included the coolest thing I've ever seen in professional wrestling. When Lance Storm caught that streamer. Like he didn't even catch the streamer landed in his hand. Let's, um so that that was amazing. That was a great match as well. Um for the Omega championship with Matt Harder claiming it was for the TNA Championship although he'd already lost it um, so that was great with the 5-on-5 way, Joey Styles against Jeff Jarrett and obviously it was basically just indie wrestling against Global Force Wrestling that was quite clear match was good though although most of it was pr- I think if you look at the time for the match most of it was spent with Jeff Jarrett written on the crowd um, just generally being drunk and Karen Jarrett just spitting in people did get to see some some cool stuff though, um, including, I'm pretty sure that that Jeff Jarrett took the, I'm not even, no idea what they're going to call it, we'll call it the ballplex, where um, that was just amazing, and then we got to see obviously Tommy Dreamer being quite sick as usual, um, after that, that blow pop had been everywhere it seemed, uh, he was quite happy to stick that in his mouth as well.
1: What well, I also felt was a cool moment about that match, uh, the five on five, is obviously you have this unknown luchador, and everybody's like, Who's this guy? Who is this guy? And, and they're like, I don't
0: remember what he called him either, he had yep. some stupid name as well.
1: And, and he's like, Oh, come on, cheer him, cheer him. And everybody's wondering, Who is this guy? And he takes his mask off, and it's Matt Stryker. And honestly, it seems like Matt Stryker was just having so much fun in this, ma- in this match, just getting the crowd on his side and stuff like that. But it was amazing, like all the stuff that surfaced online about Jeff Jarrett and stuff like that. And again, as you say, looking back, you're like, kind of makes sense you know like with the whole stuff with the uh, antagonising the crowd you know it did seem to just overrun far longer than it should have had and
0: I mean as if the cues to get into the show weren't long enough I'm surprised I mean? you didn't mention that you know um, but, that wasn't cause, but that was because that was nothing compared to Wrestlemania that's so. <laughs> very true yeah. um, but no that show was great and obviously we ended with the, the big monsters ball match we, between numerous people Jeff Hardy Abyss uh, Shane Strickland.
1: That was AR Fox. Shane Strickland was in the five V oh, five. Alright,
0: sorry, um, uh, AR Fox, sorry. Um You also had the the Carolina guys, um
1: Trevor Lee.
0: Trevor Lee and Andrew Everett.
1: Um and then as you said the earlier, Pentagon Jr. I think part of the reason that wasn't announced to uh, be
0: in this match. And uh, Shane Helms had a wee brief cameo as well. Um Well that was great and not uh, Jeff Hardy obviously won because he was clearly the most over guy there I think bar um, Pentagon Junior maybe but that was really just oh my god this is this guy in the flesh
1: speaking of early this this guy in the flesh the one match you didn't mention the six man tag as well you know, remember not not? no the ultimate dream team of Matt Seydal All right, aye, Ricochet of course, and Rey Mysterio against Chris Hero Zack Sabre Junior and Tigre Uno was it? yes can't even remember but
0: there's so many matches over that weekend but oh, it was Tigre Uno and the no Tigre was another oh, match it was Cage it was Cage aye, Brian Cage Tigre was another 6 on 6 match sorry 5 on 4 on 3 on 3 on 3 aye we we'll that pack. many tag matches we've seen those three in the same
1: team as to say uh, Rey Mysterio Ricochet and, and Matt Sydow, and it and it was awesome
0: uh, it, it was um, although it became quite clear that uh, Rey Mysterio has very much lost a few steps oh um, right. Especially considering the guys that were that were on his team there, but it was a great match as well. For the most part, as good as all these were, outside of the the progress title match, nothing really drew you in. I don't think it was all just all right. This is cool. We want to see some cool stuff. Well, let's get it off and done with type thing. By the time the matches had actually started, uh, and
1: and as you said, like for us, it was kind of like a lot of these guys don't do many independent dates over in the UK, or, or more well, so Scotland, Scotland. <laughs> Aye. so you're kind of like it's a rare opportunity to, to see most of these guys, so for us it's like, oh my god this is such and such from which underground that we'll probably never see in the flesh again or, or something like that, so really cool for that aspect, seeing
0: guys you'll, you'll probably not see again uh, Definitely, um, I mean I know we t- kind of skipped over Evolve there, but it was good to see guys like Timothy Thatcher uh, Matt Riddle um, Drew Gulak and others um, it was also great seeing the the European contingent there as well with, with Tommy End and obviously Zach Sabre Jr um, and that was strange how they sort of built up some sort of angle there where it ended up with Tommy End and uh, Chris Hero forming an alliance of some sort, it was anyway, no it was strange It's just one of those things, like don't really keep up, don't don't keep up with the storylines in that company, so it's it was a bit strange we um, like I have it- to say, um Galloway's promo was top class oh at that Evolve show.
1: And it was like 100% true. He was getting on a flight back to go and wrestle for ICW. When he and he it was,
0: it was like, I came here and I took Evolve to this next level and then, no, you guys are going to NXT. Like, where's the loyalty? And It was great.
1: It was cool as well as um, going to these kind of shows and you're seeing the like of Will Ospreay and, and Tommy End and it's like, we've saw them wrestle. And Zack Saber Jr as well. We've seen wrestle in Motherwell. Oh, exactly. At all exactly. places and here they are, headlining cards in Dallas it's it's, it's unreal you don't realise how many talented guys are actually wrestling or coming in as guests to your, your local companies yeah exactly
0: support independent wrestling <coughs> Um, moving away from independent wrestling I suppose Um, obviously moved on to then Wrestlemania um, be- besides all of the issues getting into the building which is very well documented uh, it was a great show I mean it's quite an, well, at the time I was annoyed to miss some of the pre-show matches. Turns out it was for the best. Um, we get into the building when it was just before the Usos and Dudley's match started. Um, but then being in the building was a great experience. Um, outside of maybe the main event and the Lesnar Ambrose match, I thought every match done what it needed to do. The main event was far too long. I mean, the, the show had already overrun. Ambrose Lesnar match just seemed a bit too short wasn't as brutal as you expected it to be Um, and then that ridiculous segment with The Rock leading to oh cool I'm wearing my ring gear and now I'm going to have a match that's going to last 6 seconds even though up to this point I've already took about 20 minutes Um, I mean it was great, it was all part of the the experience and uh, I would definitely do it again.
1: It's one of the things that's like I don't think there's anything you can compare it to at all
0: uh, definitely not. I mean, that amount of people in a building that size, and I mean the ring's tiny. Like, it just like you think it's like quite small when you're in like a normal arena, it was just it's insane how far away you were. And, but it was still a great view. Like, um, from where we were, at least you still had a great view. You got to see everything.
1: Um, if you kept your eyes away from the
0: jumbotron above yeah, it, <laughs> if you didn't look at the jumbotron. But I've heard as well, and I've heard people speak like who have had for like. Cowboys games have had pitched side tickets, and then a situation where they're probably closer to the players on the field and they still look at the Jumbotron. It's just it's just one of those things because it's bright and it looks so clear, and you've got close ups. That's it, yeah. So it
1: wasn't a negative, it just happened like it was right in front of us, and it was just a, a perfect view. But the other thing interesting was when obviously I tweeted a picture and folk are like, um. Quite far away from the ring I'm like, ah, there's another like two tiers above us, you know, like people don't realise like how big yeah, that place is and um just, it's crazy. My thought Old Trafford was big,
0: but this place <laughs> dwarfed it. Another level. <clears throat> um, obviously after WrestleMania we had Monday Night Raw, which was probably the low point of the weekend, wrestling wise. I mean we should have both known been to raw Tapes before, they're very slow. Um and that's in the UK where they retape stuff as well. This just felt really slow. I mean I it was great seeing some new people debut. We didn't get the debuts we thought we would get, which is a bit strange. I mean, considering that all their debuts were like, Oh cool, here's Enzo and Big Cast. We all kinda of knew that was going to happen anyway. Um Apollo Crews that had been leaked in advance. And then we obviously knew Baron Corbin was on the main roster because he just won the Battle Royal.
1: As you say about Apollo as well, like um, especially in the arena where they actually put the graphic on the screen, it's like, well, how, why? We're not gonna do a surprise. Oh my God, pop from if we know he's coming. I right, exactly. Think can ruined it for him?
0: That's fine though. I mean, it just seems like I'm not saying it's it's happened because of this reason, but they need. Th- a guy that can do moves that pop the crowd and is just a complete baby face. And since Neville went down with injury, they don't have that on the roster outside of a guy like Kalisto. Um, but he's there for a different demographic. So I can see why they brought uh, Apollo Crews in, although it was strange. It was just so strange. You're like, this isn't a guy that's, that's ready for WWE television. Well, I mean, in one respect he is. His matches are great. Just no character. So in that aspect, he's probably perfect for WWE Raw. Um,
1: <coughs> but the other cool thing as well, like, uh, if you'd been at the Raw taping was... Um, because it had been a good good long time since I'd been at one. Uh, probably about seven, eight years. I'd probably about that, because it was still when I had uh, Legacy. And Manu was there, so it's a, a long, long time. But just seeing, like, all the kind of... The way they produced the show. Like... Um, Barrett, after he gets attacked, just lying down at the side. You know, clearly it isn't hot. He's just lying there, and uh, just hiding for the segment. Um, just stuff like the Dudley's standing about for what felt like an eternity, waiting on, obviously, the, the cut back for the break, and then, obviously, that led to, to end zone by Castle. Cool, cool for that aspect,
0: seeing stuff like that. But it's that way, it's like... Because <clears throat> they always give it this impression on television, like, here's somebody coming out, some Music, Ah, we're going to break. Then we come back for a break, and it's still their music. And it's like, yeah, because I don't think the crowd's going to sit through three minutes of that wrestler's free music, you know. What I mean? It's um, a bit strange. I mean, it was it was crazy, though, because, I mean, you go to Raw and you expect to see all the same old faces, and it, it was a lot of new faces, which was good and bad, I mean. But really, you're going there for the... The post-WrestleMania Raw is really there for, like, oh, a big debut or a big return, and we never got that. Um, I mean, Endzone Big Cass was, was great, it was... It was really entertaining, but you just get guys coming out and cutting a promo, and that was it. You wanted some sort of impact, which is why I felt we were kind of robbed of the debut of um, Gallows and Anderson. I mean, I would have taken that over pretty much anything else on the show. But, I mean, it was cool. It was cool to be there Um be part of that experience and look forward to doing it again. So, so moving on, we had massive WrestleMania weekend, and the strangest thing of all, Shane McMahon lost, but he's now in charge of Raw, and this has went on for weeks now, so we're bringing new talent in, giving uh, new guys an opportunity to shine on the show, which is great. It just feels like WWE will refuse to leave this... We need to have an authority figure thing alone. They're just... I mean... When they didn't have someone to put on television, they made an anonymous general manager. Like, it's just... They can't get away from this. It's something that was never in wrestling until the Attitude Era, and it's not going away. Um, And I think that's what's hurt WWE the last couple of weeks. It's just... It's been cool having Shane McMahon on the show, but, I mean, he's just now back to being just another face on the show. It's... And then, this build-up to payback, I mean, it, for the most part, it was great. I did like the AJ Styles, Roman Reigns thing, building into it. That was good. Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho, I enjoyed that as well. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, obviously, without saying. Even the build-up to the tag-team title number one contender match, that was good. But it just felt like right, what are we going to do at this pay-per-view? Oh, we've got all these great matches. So I think we need to have about a 25-minute segment where we've got the three primary owners of the company, or well, two primary owners of the company and their family member arguing about who should run the show. That's a great co-main event after this supposed new era in WWE and it just at home that nothing has really changed. There might be some new faces, but it's the same as it was before. Um, and that was the biggest issue I had, not just with Payback, but the whole build-up to Payback. It just became clear that it's going to be people having issues with Shane McMahon, people having issues with Stephanie McMahon, them having issues with each other, and it's just going to build up to SummerSlam, or further down the road at Survivor Series for control of the company. Um, and it seemed obvious from maybe well it seemed very obvious last week when obviously they built up this decision but you just knew that's what was coming the whole time, there was no avoiding it um, and that seems to have tainted everything they've done, sadly
1: I don't know, the way I'm looking at it is, um going way back to Wrestlemania Undertaker needs an opponent we don't have MD Shane, what are you doing? Right, we'll bring you back for this short run, we'll make people believe you're going to be here for a long time um uh, we, really don't, we don't want Undertaker to lose so we are going to lose but you're going to look good in victory and it seems like because just getting back into the atmosphere of being in front of the live crowd is if Shane's going no I'll stick around I, I don't think he was meant to be here long term I honestly think it was just till Wrestlemania and then I think plans changed Um, and then for there it's just like how can we sort this horrible storyline we've put together out and then it's kind of like well you threw yourself off a cage you know, if we want to do anything, we'll, we'll give you a shot and charge you on and just continually doing that.
0: <coughs> I have to say, I don't have any issues with the storyline in itself. And this is what I loved about, and we will get to it, obviously, in the, talking about payback and that, but the promo on, during payback even, and that co-main event slot, which annoys me no end, but in that co of event slot we had this big promo segment and you had Stephanie McMahon running through a list of things about Shane McMahon, like making them sound like a detriment when in reality everything she said is what Vincent McMahon is. Every single thing she said related to Vince McMahon as well and it's exactly why he would put Shane McMahon in control of the company. And I loved that and even the the promo on the post-Raw, post-WrestleMania post-Restle, Raw even, Um, when he talked about, like, I get a bit of respect for you, um, having the balls to do what you've done, like, standing up for what you believe in, and blah, blah, like, I've got no issues with that, and him going, right, damn it, put you in control of the company, because who are you going to actually put in control of the company? A guy who isn't a professional wrestler and lost to the Undertaker at WrestleMania, or a guy who is your son-in-law, along with your daughter, who were embarrassed in the main event of WrestleMania? who do you really want to be the person running your company like mm. so I was I was fine for that point of view but I hated this whole thing of like we'll give you one week Or oh, wait we'll give you another week Or oh, public demand we'll give you another week why did they not just say originally right we'll give you a shot and then that's fine we'll give you a shot doesn't mean it's going to be one row. doesn't mean it's going to be five rows. just means an indefinite amount of time you'll be in control and that's when you bring Stephanie back which was fine that's basically what they've done I've got no issues with it. I just have an issue that this is more important than anything else in the company. And they've made it clear. Considering that every single wrestler has, pretty much every wrestler has been involved in this angle in some degree, whether it's been Shane McMahon making matches or them talking to Shane McMahon backstage.
1: Or talking to Stephanie.
0: Or talking to Stephanie. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been involved in one way or another. And it feels like. They just kind of got to this rut of this worked in 1997, it must work now. <coughs> anyway, the build up was fine for payback. And again, to the rescue, as always, is the WWE uh, video department. And some of the promo packages they built for payback were amazing. <coughs> The best of all being the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens package, <clears throat> which was spot on, detailed their history, um, meeting to wrestling. It being the thing that that binds the both of them as people, um, all the way through to the jealousy from NXT up to now. That was great. Um, strange that you still have Kalisto defending the US title on the pre-show when it said no build on Raw whatsoever against an opponent who's not been on Raw at all. Um, I don't think Kalisto's been on Raw either. I'm not sure. <coughs> You've
1: got me thinking back. I can't recall <laughs> him being on Raw. Anyway,
0: that's fine. Um, then, obviously, you had the whole intercontinental title thing with Cesaro, which is fine. The build of that has been okay. I've not had an issue with that. I just feel like it's almost like, right, Miz, uh, here's my race back. Use her a couple and like, go. Like straight away, you need to be great at this. They've never done it, and you're expecting them to be on television straight away in a main featured programme, and you're expecting them to be great at this, or I'm the Miz, I'm awesome, and here's my wife, and she's equally awesome. Like, that's not going to work straight away, considering it's not a role that Maurice has ever done that well. Um, I mean, the closest was when she was with Ted DiBiase Jr., and she was alright, but it wasn't the, oh, I love this guy, it was Alright, cool, I'm with this guy. He's got honours and money. Aye, uh-huh. he's got money, and I'm a woman that loves money. Like, that was clear, that was what their relationship was. So, this mm-hmm. is different, and it needs time to jail. Um, but it's been great so far. The women's title thing, I don't care. It's gone to a point again where this isn't interesting. Charlotte isn't an interesting character. You've already spent time building to her turning on Rick and then didn't do it. Um... Okay, but you can't have the same storyline going on with your women's champion and your main male champion. It's exactly the same storyline. The fans don't actually appreciate what they do. Maybe actually more respect for Charlotte as a wrestler at this point. I don't think she's any better than Roman Reigns, to be honest. Um, and the storyline just isn't something that anyone's interested in.
1: The thing as well, we like Natalia as our challenger. Like, I want to actually, like, care about Natalia and go, oh, oh, yes, Natalia. I want her to, like, you know, cheer her on and stuff. And it's like, WWE's never given me a reason in six years to care about Natalia. Folk are like, give her a chance, give her a chance, here's a fart gimmick for you, you know? Literally, like, um, I think the stat was she hasn't held a championship. It would have been the Divas Championship since 2011. And that's, like... That's like Alicia Fox, you know, it's five, six years, it's like, they should be using them better, but you just don't have that reason to care. But that's the thing
0: as well, at that point in time, they'd only just get rid of the women's title as well, and it was, I think, the Divas title was like a SmackDown exclusive thing, which is why you had more women holding the Divas Championship, because it was only on SmackDown, Um, which, again, that was when it was two hour raw as well, so, um, it's strange, I just I've never bought into what she does. She might be a great technical wrestler, but there's no discernible character there other than I'm one of the hearts. Okay. It's what else?
1: You're completely right. It's like a partner's great technical wrestler, um one of the hearts, great ambassador for the company, does great things, you know, with the make a wish or whatever, but on screen it's like what what is her character? Like she's literally Bret Hart's Nice,
0: that's pretty much it. And if you needed to know how unimportant she is, you just had to look at Bret Hart's face throughout that match at payback. Even at the point where he's trying to get the crowd in, it's like, you're not even trying. You're not trying, Bret Hart. Don't even pr- don't even pretend to try and get this crowd involved. Anyway, we might as well just go and let's have a wee run back through. What happened at Payback? Go for the matches. And sadly, we do have to start with the number one contenders match. In fact, we can go even even further back. We can start with the strange cold open of the new day coming out. Cutting a wee promo and then cutting to the video package that usually opens a (laughs) pay-per-view. It was a bit strange. It felt like they were just I don't know that like, any of the video queued up in time or I don't know, but it seemed a bit strange they'd done that. <coughs> anyway, they'd done that. They get comfortable at ringside, then we had uh Enzo and Big Cast and the Void Villains came out and looked set for a great match. Um I mean we did get to see this match at Access only a couple of weeks ago, so I mean I wasn't that excited for it, but I was excited to get them to have the ability to showcase that on a big scale yep, yep. like the pay-per-view <laughs> sadly it didn't go very long Enzo took a nasty bump concussed, knocked out um, very shaking up it seemed like everyone involved was very shaking up and I think something that may go like unspoken about is I thought the Void villains did well not to break character because the guy was clearly in there was clearly an issue and they did well not to break character and try and antagonise the crowd while this was all going on. Um, and probably, not, not the scariest thing, but, um, I mean, they were trying to, and I, and I liked that Dowie, Dowie tried this, they were doing where they had, um also the was new day at ringside, so they had Kofi Kingston streaming it live on Facebook, they had Xavier running a Snapchat throughout the event as well, and all of this, like, venturing into other social medias that they've not really done much with, and then it's something like this that happens. So like you watch that and it's still locked up on Facebook. You watch that live stream and it just goes it goes goes dead. Like Kofi just like puts the phone down. Like and you don't hear a thing. You don't hear them say a thing. And the gravity of the situation became clear very, very quickly. Um And I mean I think the Vaudellings were probably going to win anyway. But good that we hear that Enzo's actually alright, just got a concussion so he'll be out for a wee while until they can obviously pass their concussion tests. Um, and in the meantime, you can still have Big cast coming out and just going through people because inevitably that's what they're going to have him do, is be a singles guy. And if he can get over this terrified child look that he has when he cuts promos, he could be a top guy. Um, but that's obviously a long time away from now.
1: It must have been really awkward for the new day as well and the fact, like, they're sitting out there on beanbags, eating pizza. There's obviously going to be a few times where the camera's going to cut to them for, for comedy moments and stuff like that, and then it's just like a proper really serious situation. Initially, there was always a lot of fears and stuff like that, like you hit Harper back to that um, situation in Mexico. Uh, but thankfully, you see um, Enzo's chest moving, so he sees breathing, so you're thinking, right, that's okay. And um, thankfully, as I say, it was all... Positive. Apart from the concussion, but it's it's, 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 hard, it's bad to say like thank God it's only a concussion, but that's like how severe it could have been.
0: But that's the thing. Like, but a concussion could mean he never wrestles again. I mean, we just had this whole Daniel Bryan thing. Um, but the thing that I was quite glad about is when I first saw the replay, I was actually I was still concerned, but I was fine about it because I thought his neck caught the rope like that time back in like ninety nine when. China threw Vincent Mann over the top rope and he fucking caught his neck. Get massive whiplash and things like that. Thought it was going to be a case like that, but fortunately it wasn't. Just took a nasty bump. And I mean, it's a bump that that he takes all the time, um, where he'll catch the middle rope and then bump bump to the outside. Um, Just didn't quite get it. Seems like he may have been knocked a bit loopy in the corner before this. He was taking some knees to the face. So it could have been that. Could have just been mistimed. Could... Who knows, but I don't think it's something that Simon Gotch will get any backlash for. It's just one of those things that happens. Um, but that's the thing, when you see the bump that Enzo takes normal, I mean, he done it at uh, um, Roadblock, he done it at TakeOver London, it doesn't look like a safe bump that he's taking anyway, and I think he might get rid of that um fees arsenal. He, he spots that he puts in his matches. Um, just to step back for a second, we had Kalisto beating Ryback for the US title. Um which is one of Ryback's best matches one of Kalisto's best matches and I have no issues seeing them compete again however that's obviously not going to happen news coming out that Ryback's having contract disputes and I can see his point this is a guy who if he never get if John Cena never get injured sorry if John Cena was never injured and Ryback took his place in that Hell in a Cell match I think Ryback could be your top guy instead of Roman Reigns just now, easily. He was that over until that match and then things just slowly went down for there um, to a point where he's now the pre-show stopper, it seems like. Um, but that was a great match and I've got nothing to say about Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler, <coughs> sadly.
1: Ryback, it just seems like a massive case of he starts this big run of momentum and then something gets in the way. It, it essentially hits a roadblock. And then he's back to square one. He builds his character back up again. Gets momentum. Mark Henry beats him at WrestleMania. You see if he beats Mark Henry there. Fair enough, he did get a title match to the next pay-per-view. But if he gets his WrestleMania moment, like could propel him. Roadblock again. And it just seemed to be the, the case as well. And I don't think the, the time teaming with Curtis Axel helped either. And
0: that's the thing. He's a guy who they mock because he looks like Goldberg. So see when people are chatting Goldberg at your cat at your, your guy on television that should be telling you something like if he, he's going to look like Goldberg he should be a Goldberg let's make him Goldberg let's put him on this unbeaten run like they did at the start and that's how he will actually go over instead of this 50-50 boom which has killed his entire character Um. honestly, it's, honestly it just goes back to that Hell in a Selfie 2013 where he where he lost, it's that's really where it goes back. Not in twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. Then um, where he lost that match to CM Punk, that's that's where all this starts. Um, cause he it's such a great building. I don't know, and and people go, oh, you can't wrestle, blah, blah blah. You just need to watch that match with Kalisto. The guy can wrestle. The guy, the guy knows what he's doing in there. Um, and if he does leave WWE, as long as he stays away from TNA, then. I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, at any local shows or anything like that, or, I don't know. It's one of the ones as well, like, people have obviously
1: took the CM Punk thing and went, oh, he's not a safe worker. He saves Kalisto, and he saves him from <laughs> a very... He him big time. Uh, it's um, the fact he not only just saves him, but he probably gives him, like, the perfect landing, he literally catches him and just puts him on his feet, and I thought, that's that's fantastic, an
0: absolutely amazing save for uh, Ryback. For I- also, he did have one of the best entrances in WWE history as well. It has to be said, um, mocking CM Punk in oh, Chicago. Very true. That was a uh, that was brilliant as well. The guy gets it. He definitely does that. The pre-show stopper thing on his on his weight belt, and just love the guy. Some people hate him. absolutely love the guy. Um, anyway, back to the show. Obviously, uh, Dolph Ziggler beat Baron Corbin because winning the battle royal at WrestleMania doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm
1: apparently rookie mistaken get rolled up by the veteran
0: aye because it's not like it happens twice on every show um, moving on we had Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn um, kind of wish it got a couple of minutes longer uh, but I did enjoy the, the sort of the finish out of nowhere um, that we had there Kevin Owens going over Sami Zayn um, great match basically the same kind of thing that we saw from Sami Zayn most of the time. I thought it was strange so I kind of wish they'd had, had it more like the the match they first had on uh, TakeOver because um, it seemed like Kevin Owens was only on top for maybe like two minutes at the start of the match and then it seemed to really be Sami Zayn building up momentum stopped, But not momentum stopped, because it should be Kevin Owens getting the heat on Sami Zayn um, and then Sami Zayn having the big comeback and then then it can hit him out and over with the finish, I didn't like the pacing of the match, didn't like the way it was built like that and I just feel like Sami Zayn's thrown all these things out there, like, we've seen them a million times now, like that the dive through the at the turnbuckle for the Tornado DDT, like that's not a special thing anymore you've seen that about 6 or 7 times on WWE television now, it's not special um, and I'm not convinced by using the Halluva kick as a finish at all like if he sets up a finish, great I just don't... I'm not convinced by that as a move that wins matches. I mean... Pretty much everybody has a move into the corner, so I don't see how doing a big boot into the corner is any different than any of the other moves that they do there. I just... And that's why I felt like when they built up to that near fall, like, it didn't seem convincing to me. Whereas when Kevin Owens hits that power bomb, you're like, game over.
1: Probably, although it is kind of similar to what they're trying to the build a Paulie Cruz's finisher, like, going for the Helluva kick into maybe the Blue Thunderbomb could be something. Or even... I know it's one of these just normal moves, but because it can look brutal, although unfortunately he can't do it to everyone, the exploder suplex into the the turnbuckle. Potentially. That's not a finish either, though.
0: No. It's, it's it's just one of those things, like because it, like, it's good mention Apollo Crews Like he's got that that power bomb that's just like. It's just a power bomb, mate. Like it doesn't look devastating, like, and it's so delayed, by the time you hit the finish, like. That's that's the only reason I don't like it. I mean. I would have absolutely no issue if they had instead of it being the running kick in the corner if they like if you throw somebody in the corner and they come out and it's just like a running big boot, I would buy that more than I buy the kick in the corner especially because you kick somebody in the corner, they fall down they're close to the ropes anyway so I can see that as being a natural thing for getting near falls and things like that but I just don't buy it as a finish. I think the Blue Thunder Bomb is a much more effective move as well Um, and it's kind of like the AJ Styles thing where you do one thing in one place and then you come somewhere else and you need to change it up a bit because I think the decision to make him use that flying forearm as he's finished masterstroke um, because he's not going to be able to do the styles clash to, or it make make it look convincing to a number of guys on the roster and he's got a move now that he can beat anybody with and that's great and Sami Zayn as much as the helluva kick is a move like that I just don't buy it um, and it's a shame what I do buy though is him as a character and that's the biggest thing, and the crowd clearly buys him as well.
1: He's one of those guys where, like, he can lose all the time, and I'll still be happy with it because you know, he's just that lovable underdog. It's just like, and I, and I said this a few times as well. The times I've seen Sami Zayn live, like, he's I know. He's a, he's obviously a good wrestler, a good character. But you don't really properly feel his energy and his and how good his character is until you witness him live, like that. Um, NXT house show in Glasgow went in there wanting to see Finn Balor come out going Sami Zayn's the best ever um, NXT takeover Dallas was there to really see Nakamura after it was just like how infectious is Sami Zayn and you just get that with every Sami Zayn uh, appearance you just feel his energy and you just want to get behind him
0: regardless yeah, exactly and and that's what's going to take him far it really will um, and the opposite side of things Kevin Owens is probably the best heel in the company just now um Outside the Miz, I'd say, but it's a different type of thing. Um, and he'll still get. in, but the thing is, Kevin Owens will be cheered regardless. Um, and I thought it was a great match. The the post match promo thing was a bit too much, um, especially when you get in there and you're like, Byron would knock him the fuck out. Like look at the size of the guy compared to him. Um, or maybe that's just me. But and it has been very annoying. Um. The way that they have been treating Byron Saxton, making him look like, oh, like you can just be made a fool of, blah blah blah, and you're like, if you're making us not respect him as a character, why are we going to listen to anything he says in commentary? So you're just you're burying yourselves more than anything.
1: It's one of the ones as well, like for so many years, Michael Cole and the coach were kind of treated as jokes. So when they became like the head guy on Raw, you're kind of like, uh, this guy's no jail. You know, Aye. I, I think if you don't have Michael Cole getting bullied and stuff like that, I think you take to Michael Cole. Like, you know getting Mauro Ronaldo like that, and Foucault right, good exactly. enough great
0: commentary, but you're, you're respecting him a lot more. I just feel like... Because you've known somebody on television, one of your top stars calling him a jabroni on a weekly basis. I feel like... Um,
1: they just need to let Byron Saxton be himself because I watched one episode of Up Up Down Down right? obviously that's more of them obviously being themselves and watching Byron Saxton I'm like oh god what's this going to be like and like he generally seems like a very cool. you were
0: saying you want the sax man on commentary?
1: Saxman man on commentary I thought very good game. you know what I mean if we get more of this Byron Saxton I'll happily take to it
0: yeah, Definitely it's just that they're trying to I don't know what it is but I mean I'm absolutely sick of the commentary love Michael Cole think Michael Cole does a great job don't like GBL in the slightest. Um, and then when you sit and you compare to what Mauro Ronaldo does, it's a totally different level, regardless who's next to him. And that's why I think, and I've only watched a little bit of SmackDown, but the commentary on SmackDown is a million times better than it is on Raw. Um, I think a big part of that as well has to do with the King being a heel again. Definitely fits him a lot better. Um, but I, I don't know, it's... I've always, and I'll bring it up now and i bring it up maybe on a monthly basis but I think they need to change the way that Raw is shot completely. I think it needs to be done like how sports channels will shoot sporting events. Um, so like when you have UFC on Fox or uh, UFC Fight Night <coughs> where it's on Fox Sports and it's not just the UFC streaming it <coughs> You have your commentators ringside. You have your announcer in the ring announcing the matches, and then you have the people in the ring. That's just like wrestling. But the people in the ring, uh, sorry, at ringside doing the commentary, aren't trying to tell you anything other than what's happening in the match, what's the storyline's going into that match, and what's the storyline's coming out of that match? All the other stuff is told by people in a studio somewhere. And I've got no idea why WWE hasn't switched to that format. Absolutely no idea. Like I would much rather where you have someone like Mauro Ronaldo who can call the action perfectly, being your play by play guy. Maybe you do need to have a colour commentator, I'd be fine with him. Just a two man team, him, and then you have your your heel, him and JBL. Do that, absolutely fine. Then in the studio you can have Michael Cole and Byron Saxton. Doesn't need to be in an actor studio in Stamford, Connecticut or anything like that? could just be something backstage. But you don't really take being backstage or It's the way that I've always thought they should do it, have it up in like one of the boxes in the arena. So you've got the arena in the background. It's like, oh we're cutting back, and then they can talk about other stuff. What else has come up tonight and it's like and we'll take you back down the morrow on our ringside and then the entries are coming. I'd prefer that A million times instead of having to plug everything during a match.
1: Or even something like the case of um, even sticking with Michael Cole ever and and just cut back to the pre show panel and just call them your Whatever panel or whatever, I I, I don't
0: like the people on the pre-show panel. That's why I wouldn't. Fair enough. But that's but but Michael Cole does that bit the best, Mm -hmm. talking about everything that's going on, and because he's got so many things to say and talk about. That's why I think he's better suited at taking away the match calling aspect. Although I think he is great at that as well. If you if you take that away from him, and just have him do this the storyline part, he'll excel at that because he has a reporter. That's what he does. He reports. and a little change like that I think would make a massive difference because you can even have like we would always do this, or oh, cut into commercial break during a match, which is annoying they shouldn't be doing it but if you do that <coughs> where you get the commentators and then they go to commercial break, then it cuts back you have the big screen you have the the match ongoing don't have the commentary, but you have like a wee, like say they do the double shot, do it like that we make a call, it's like oh such and such happened during the break and it's like um, also during that commercial break such and such was announced for later in the night and we'll take you back down to ringside with Mauro and and then they continue the match instead of just being because that's what they do when they come back to commercial anyway I don't know that's maybe just me thinking outside the box but it's one of those things that, that's still annoying Michael Cole is a great commentator doesn't get the credit he deserves you just need to look at that Beast in the East show that he done the commentary for Roadblock as well um, maybe Roadblock not as much um but the commentary was on a different level, it really was.
1: And uh, as I've said a few times, what baffles me is every show, when he comes out, he gets booed, and JBL gets cheered. JBL is the bigger problem. He is terrible. When it's wow, 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 Michael, and all this kind of crap. It's just what makes you want to <laughs>
0: turn it off and stuff like that. Aye. Uh, anyway, moving on. We had The Miz defending his title against Cesaro. Um, good match this is where I think Maurice worked great on the outside. Um, Kevin Owens and commentary was amazing as well. Um, in fact, Kevin Owens and commentary was probably as good as the match itself, um, which is a shame. Unfortunately, it did distract you from the match a little bit. Um, but Cesaro was great. Miz was great attacking the shoulder and things like that. And then, obviously, just built up to Sami Zayn coming out of nowhere and attacking Kevin Owens. Then brawling about and then, obviously, the ending it ended up distracting Cesaro or distracting the referee as he tapped out the Miz to the crossface uh, which was strange that he went for that instead of the sharpshooter um, but if they can make that his move then I'm absolutely fine with that. but anyway Miz taps out with the ref distracted Cesaro just being naive gets up and knocks the Zayn and Owens off the apron um, allowing himself to get rolled up schoolboy error happens um, but I was fine with that. I uh, really was and then obviously we got this whole thing where they all attacked each other at the end of the match and you end up with um, just madness um, and I, I thought it was a bit strange because Sami Zayn left awfully quick when Kevin Owens beat him as well and then obviously they attacks him out of nowhere which is was, which was good getting him, getting him back for a couple of weeks ago nowhere mm. also Kevin Owens attacked Sami Zayn but I like this thing where they've sort of just transplanted this these are three guys that were going for the WWE title a couple of weeks ago, and now they're going for that Continental title. I liked how they've just sort of transplanted that down, so it will elevate that Continental title.
1: What I like as well is before it, you were kind of like Miz should not be beating any of these guys, but with that roll-up victory, you're kind of like maybe it does belong in this tier. You know, he just needs the kind of couple of wins that just kind of get some to where he should be. and make the cup. him more yep. legitimate. That's, yep.
0: that's what's been missing. Then we had Dean Ambrose against Chris Jericho um, which it was a solid match. Um It's the only the only issue I have with the heel Chris Jericho is a match takes about five minutes to get started. There's a lot of just like, no 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 ref, back him up in the corner County five knacks him in the ropes, or I'll slide to the side, um Then I'll wait till he comes back in, then I'll attack him dirty and then I don't know, I just i am not a fan of that I mean, I've seen it too many times it's the same thing you get for Jericho that will heal Jericho every match but again Dean Ambrose was great in the match the crowd was firmly on his side um, strange one, strange like this, it's the first time I feel like they do this build to something that could be like that could be one of your top storylines it feels like it's still on the back burner a little and the real main point of contention is that Shane McMahon took away the highlight reel for Chris Jericho, which is fine because it plays in his character just now. Um, but in his issue it should be with Shane McMahon, not Dean Ambrose. and I don't know, I just feel like it was a bit of a cluster in the build up to this. <clears throat> um, but the match itself was fine, went a bit too long, especially if, when Dean's just going to win with that, that Dirty Deeds. It wasn't the cleanest looking finish either. Um, it looked a bit clumsy. Uh, but. It's good to see Dean Ambrose go over after losing at WrestleMania.
1: As you say, the right, the right guy won. The guy that needed the victory uh, got the victory. And then you've got a guy who's beat the number one contender for the championship. Uh, has been beaten by, by Dean Ambrose. So it helps elevate him as well. Ah, exactly. And I think they're in that case where they need to keep him strong. They need to give him stuff to do. But they need to
0: keep him away from Roman
1: for aye, a bit aye. so using people like Chris Jericho is a perfect role for, for both guys <coughs>
0: at that. that's the moment that's the issue at this point in time isn't it because I mean they've been side by side and facing each other for so long now that you need a bit of that a bit of freshness before you can put them back together again <coughs> although it definitely will continue um, then in the co well not the co-main event because that was a promo but the second last match of the evening was the women's title match and after all this time try to build up the women's division as being like this is meaningful. These women can wrestle, they're not divas, they're women. Um, they're superstars just like the men, blah blah blah, 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 blah. And then what do we do? We pop it back into the slot before the main event where the women's division has basically crumbled away to nothing over the last ten years. So they found themselves back in that slot and they had an okay match which ended in the I can't even count the number of screw job finishes they've had in WWE but possibly the 8th or ninth reincarnation of the Montreal Screwjob um, is the finish to this match which was just
1: terrible it's one of the ones it's like you're using something in the late 90s that uh, happened in the late 90s sorry, in, in present day would something you've done in the late 70s have gone over in the 90s absolutely not And I just feel like.
0: Oh, no, it would have, actually, because 70s wrestling is based on logic. (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
1: But it's just one of the ones where, like, as you say, you try to establish this women's division, you know, you try to make it as legit as possible. Then why do you need.
0: Screwy finishes. I know.
1: Let let, let them establish this division to as, as high a level they can get, you know, it's just. It's still in its infancy with this new division, and it's just. And it's just the fact
0: that it's like, alright, cool, we've got this, I thought that we are going to have Becky Lynch and Emma on the show, we didn't have that, which is fine, they've got to clearly build that to extreme rules, I think, Um, which I've got no issues with, Sasha Banks just seems to be nowhere at this point in time, which is really concerning, Um, I think they need to be very careful because if they continue this whole, oh Charlotte, women's division, Charlotte, Charlotte's the one on top, blah, blah, blah. It's just going to go back to the way it was because if you're keeping these other women off television, no one's going to care, and then you're too reliant on these um, good crowds to then have a a rollover uh, to the action in the next town. Like that's why I always feel like they they need to sort of try and book their towns better sometimes because when you go from a place like uh, Chicago for your pay per view to St Louis for your television it's not going to be the same. Like, it's never going to be the same. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Um, match itself was okay for the most part. We've seen this match about three or four times now. Nothing about it surprised me. And I was just annoyed that I never put money on Bret Hart to put Ric Flair in the Sharpshooter Because I think that was, you saw that coming a mile off.
1: Especially um, at a good price as well. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: Bret Hart had no interest in being there. he, Said this publicly, he was only there for Natalia. Um so that was fair enough. Um, and I mean, you thought I thought they'd have went more on with the the backstory between Ric Flair and and Bret Hart as well, like uh, Ric Flair never wanted to drop the title to Bret Hart, or whatever. Name they did lose, like no one was watching. It wasn't in television, um, but that was fine.
1: Again us one eight ones, but if they sell you Natalia more as a character you get into it it's just like Bret Hart's niece she's a good person
0: she's a good person that's been a heel for most of her professional wrestling career that's cool um, but again I just kind of buy into that character so moving on to the main event Roman Reigns and AJ Styles had a absolutely brilliant match once ended up with AJ Styles winning by countout, which obviously isn't great because it doesn't get the title so Shane McMahon comes out and says, right, no count outs, match continues. And Roman Reigns gets disqualified for the most bullshit thing I've ever seen, where he catches AJ Styles coming off the top rope and apparently it's a low blow. Right, okay. Clearly unintentional, but they disqualify Roman Reigns anyway. So I mean after AJ Styles pins or sorry, beats Roman Reigns twice and Stephanie Wan comes out and goes right restart and it's going to be no disqualification we're going to have a winner cool you've kind of telegraphed that it's going to be Roman Reigns at this point because AJ Styles has already won twice Um, and then of course after a couple of minutes you get Gallows and Anderson uh, coming out getting involved, taking out Roman Reigns which still isn't enough to secure the, the win for AJ Styles um then the Usos come out, seemed to take them a long time to actually get get their way down there. <coughs> and they, they, they deal with Anderson and Gallows. Um and it just builds this big crescendo of everybody battling out battling the outside. Roman Reigns does his big dive because he does that every pay-per-view. Um he just Stayers managed to avoid it, hits the big uh forearm and lays out Roman Reigns on the outside. Um And then, instead of just rolling him in and trying to pin him, which I thought would have been the best thing to do, um, he rolls him in and then he's getting ready to set up for another forearm, which he obviously misses, and then Reigns hits a spear for the win. Um, Great match, though. Absolutely great match. Um, One of the better matches that Roman Reigns has certainly had, and I think AJ Styles brought that out to him. They have a chemistry between them, which I don't think you can say for uh, AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. Um, but you said look at chemistry with Roman Reigns and I think that's maybe to do with that it's AJ Styles calling the matches that seems to make a bit of a difference here <coughs> um, I like the having the guys on the outside that that was expected um, I was just a bit shocked that there was no weapons introduced at that point obviously Roman Reigns wins and then they're like well we're going to do a rematch and it's going to be Extreme Rules and you give that away on the pay per view.
1: So why watch Raw? So for next why three weeks? watch Raw?
0: Yep. And that's what you're ending your pay per view on. Um, and I have to say, compared to usual, Reigns sold the beaten really well this time. I thought. Um, besides, I think there was one thing. Oh, what was it? I can't remember. There's one time he get caught and he didn't. Really, he didn't get down. It was, it was a bit strange. But with some great spots, I mean the. When they were counting on each other, like count on the the Superman punch with insecurity or count on the the forearm with the Superman punch, great spots, and they all come off really well. Um, just a shame that they 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 had to have it all about the McMahon's in this main event. Um, that's the that's the one thing that did ruin it for me, sadly.
1: As I did see you, yeah, there was two instances <coughs> where I thought, you know, God, they might actually put the title on AJ, which is what you will exactly you, you did you think want. that was going to happen. So, like, for enough, you had the two uh, wins via counting out of DQ, but there was, like, two actual, like, instances he hits his finish, and you think, like, they actually get me in and thinking, sure, they're not actually going to put the title on AJ, and that's what you want as a wrestling fan. You want that, you know, that suspension, you want that believability like, they might actually do this. Of course, they go, well, no, Roman's going to win, but you still, like, they've bought me in for that moment, and, like, as much as I can go, don't really, didn't really want Roman to win, but you got me believing in AJ Styles, and that's that's it's uh, wrestling that's what you want ah,
0: exactly <clears throat> so of course this all follows on onto Raw where they clear things up for the tag division it's going to be the Void Villains against the New Day um, before I continue I actually did like that thing about this Raw I mean apart from announcing the main event for the next event sorry the next pay-per-view on the Payback telecast Which was a bit annoying. They seem to have announced most of the matches for the next pay-per-view already. Which is a good sign. (coughs) Also going to have an Extreme Rules match. Which is just a no-DQ match. Um, With AJ Styles and Roman Reigns as the main event. Which is fine. You've got your tag title match. The New Day against the Void Villains. Which is fine. Um, They decided uh, a number one contender for the US title. Which is Rusev. Which is great. Um... And I can't wait to see what kind of match he has with Kalisto. Um, you've also got the Intercontinental title. Um, that's not, that's still there, and you just, it's quite obvious it's going to be a fatal four way match, so that's all right. Um, and then the women's title has already been announced it's going to be a submission match, yep. which is great. Uh, so you've already got all of these things set up, and because I think it's only three weeks, a three week build, or maybe even two weeks. 21st, so you produced another two Raws. I know, two Raws, a so three week build. So that's great, they got that out of the way straight away. Um, and Raw was all right. Um, it just felt like, oh, this is a new area, but again, it's just all about the McMahons. McMahons run the show, it's all about who the authority figures are, and then the interaction goes through f- there. <clears throat> um, but I'm struggling with Raw now. I really am struggling to watch the full three hours especially live, live or maybe make it to the second hour um, maybe finish that second hour if there's something good coming up at the top of the hour there um, but I'm really struggling I mean I was really into this announcing the main event which was booked by Roman Reigns which is again is strange considering you're all about your new authority figures so Roman Reigns makes this 3 on 3 match which is the main event uh, which is all fine and well but AJ Styles is the babyface. Doesn't want to use a steel chair on Roman Reigns. But then Roman Reigns still just beats him up and puts him through a table anyway. It's almost like Roman Reigns is the heel. They talk about him being booed in commentary, but they mute the booze every time that they're on television.
1: And, they edit signs as well on oh, and uh, the edit signs as well on WWE.com. The edit
0: signs as well. They're trying too hard. And that's the downfall with Roman Reigns. It's not him. It's not his wrestling, but not him as a character. Well, I suppose it is him as a character as well, but it's the way they're positioning him. Like, if you want to make him a heel, make him a heel. And we will still boo him. Unlike when you make John Cena a heel and everybody will cheer him. Um, people will boo Roman Reigns regardless.
1: It's what they wants instead of like forcing him and obviously thinking, oh, you're going to lose money, it's like, if you go for that long-term thinking, like, turn on heel when he turns face again that's going to make you money you know sometimes you just need to go it that way like look at the the rock for example let him go his own way and he makes some god knows amount of money
0: i don't think you can use the rock example because the rock was a unique case he's very charismatic um very different to roman reigns roman reigns is very much a john cena prototype um or sorry, in the mould of the John Cena prototype, Uh, it's, it's strange, it's just not working, clearly, and I think that's the biggest reason for the declines in their viewers viewership, um, and I don't believe that he sells that much merch, I know that he probably does shift a lot of it, but I'm under no illusions that the New Day are probably selling as much, if not more, um, than Roman Reigns I mean AJ Style stuff all sold out when it first got released as well so and I mean you see plenty of folk with Dean Ambrose uh, gear on so yeah. I really don't know and I don't know why they're trying to do this whole thing of pushing one guy push everybody make everybody a star
1: because when you've got two guys that are on a great winning run when they collide that's massive you know the other thing I will add about uh, Raw uh, like yourself, I'm kind of struggling to do the full russ as well. Um, last night is actually one of the first full russ I've watched since we've come back. I feel like it's they have been good shows. They've been decent shows. I just feel some of the matches are too long. I feel like you could easily have like like exactly the eight man tag. I feel it went far too long. Like you could easily break up a little bit. Have some of your characters have a backstage segment or even use characters you're not right, using Exactly. you know like an example instead
0: Ste- of flinging 20 guys into a battle royal
1: example you're going to use all the 20 guys right sure you're not going to do like anything massive with them <coughs> have them hype up the battle royal just say tonight uh, I'm Zack Ryder I won the Intercontinental Championship at, at Wrestlemania uh, I get taken away from me but I'm going to show you guys this is a start to me going back to the top when I reclaim my US Championship for Few years ago and just have like hundreds of four or five guys?
0: Right. Maybe maybe stick to no cutting the promos but, <laughs> but I know, I know your idea. It's it's spot on. And and that's the kind of thing they should be doing. I mean <clears throat> I don't understand why they do that eight man tag when you could have achieved exactly the same thing by doing everything as they done up to the point when the Dudleys come out. <clears throat> Dudleys get in the face of the VOD villains saying, like what makes you think you've got the right, like Let's start a tournament again, and then because they're comedy characters, essentially, just have the new day, like just sneak out of the ring, and then, as the vod villains and thing, you get in each other's face. Then they start fighting, and then you hit the end zone. Big cast music, big cast doesn't need to cut a promo. Although last night I think was one of his best ones, and he looked confident for a change. Have big cast come out, step over that top rope, and then just have the four of them like look- looking at him. Then he wipes. He just takes all four of them out. Fair enough, you know try to build him as a singles guy, but that's essentially what he's done in the match anyway. Um and you save like twenty minutes of T V time that way, and then you can have Big Cass and then you have Big Cass pick up the mic. Um and then he can doesn't he cut a promo, just say that they'll be back. You don't then you can take Cass off television, or if you need them on television, that's fine. Because I'm sure you'll be able to have Enzo on television within a couple of weeks anyway, as long as he's not taking bumps or anything. Um and I felt that I would have just achieved the same thing, which gives you 20 more minutes to um, hype up like the battle royal. You could have actually gave some TV time to the League of Nations splitting up instead of it being a backstage fallout thing, which is just ridiculous. Um,
1: you could have had them giving their thoughts on it as well, you know what I mean? Like, uh, exactly. If I if I hadn't read the Smackdown sports, I'd have no idea they'd have split. So, like, the fact is it was a small little thing... A recap Fallout video. No, I, I want to hear what Seamus thinks it. I want to hear what Del Rio thinks it. I want to hear what you know Rusev thinks of this whole split thing. You know, well they're on the Battle Royal while they
0: fight. You know, and no, strange. Um, but I think they they've definitely been missing things like that for the show hundred percent. And do you know the reason why I think they are missing is because the shows only written until the last minute, and it seems like stuff like that needs a bit of pre production put in it as well. Um, instead of just being the same backstage talking to Rooney Young but I've got no issues with that <coughs> <coughs> pardon me, those segments are fine for the most part um, just strange that it was a match like that where, um, where you would actually put guys like Apollo Cruz in just to get dumped out or Baron Corbin to get dumped out um, just seems strange um, and one of the other upsides that I will say about Raw is I have been loving the Primo and Epico vignettes that they've been showing every week. Um, and I can't wait till they're back because they're great in ring talents. And I just hope they actually give them some wins. Um, it seems like they will debut on the Raw after Extreme Rules or redebut even. Um, and I'm just hoping they call them Primo and Epico because it was just silly to call them anything else. And I think that was kind of telegraphed to Access when they were called Epico and Primo. Although they were dressed up like Los Matadors.
1: it'll be interesting to see how they act on television. Like, it's like. Uh, uh, Cocky heels, uh, they have to be. It's like. Uh, 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 we're for Puerto Rico. Is, uh, is that literally just going to be the gimmick when they're actually in the ring? You know, they can't. Is that like with this Puerto Rican fan? Yeah, I can.
0: And then at the end of the match, they can get in the mic and then they can just talk about Puerto Rico?
1: With their travel agents? So. Oh, uh,
0: Strange. But anyway, that's. I think that's plenty to talk about. I mean, there was plenty of stuff he missed out there, but that gets his back up to speed anyway. Um, see, I don't know if we'll have a show every week, but um, for the next couple of weeks, but we'll definitely have one um, previewing Extreme Rules. Then a, a, a show after it talking about Extreme Rules as we head to Money in the Bank. Um, also, we'll. At some point if not both is I will at least get to cover an ICW again but I've just stopped watching it for the main part, for the most part um, just don't have the time and there's so much to catch up on um, still caught up in storylines and what's actually happening but witnessing it and seeing it is a different thing um, but they've certainly seem to have fallen out of favour With the, there's not as much buzz as there had been um, by all accounts the the Mania show the attendance wasn't what it had been for the last uh, for last year, um, and for the other shows in in the bars. Um, also, seems like they won't be having it. Well, if they do have Bar Mania show next year, it won't be on the same weekend as WrestleMania, uh, or maybe they will. I don't know. just stats what I've been hearing. So, in that regard, pretty strange, um, going on there. Um, but we'll get caught up with that sooner sooner or later and of course the the WWE Global Cruiserweight series has kicked off some matches in Progress and Rev Pro I think we've got some matches in Evolve coming up this weekend as well Um, which they're calling qualifiers but essentially and I think this is genius it's just so they'll get footage on some of the competitors as part of this series straight away Um, which I think is great I think it's a really good move um, obviously the, the the initial qualifiers are Zack Sabre Jr, which is quite obvious Jack Gallagher, which did kind of Come out of nowhere, and I'm very happy about that um, Every bit as good The technical wrestler that Zack Sabre Jr is And Noam Dar, qualifying At Rev Pro this weekend um, But that was also Another obvious one, since they were confirmed Names of, of participants
1: But as you um, say, with the, the Jack Gallagher thing It's like I'd heard these up as I think we may actually have seen Pete Dunne as well in one of the moral shows.
0: No, no, it was the other one. It was he's bro? Aye.
1: Uh, but as I said,
0: done done. Can't remember. His I, name. I
1: remember chanting against him. That's for sure. But like um, with Jack, it's like we all know he's an absolutely fantastic technical wrestler. You know, we were just unsure maybe about the the character
0: aspect. Ah, uh, the whole strong man thing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't buying any of that but uh,
1: it's, it's a great opportunity. you know. I mean, the guy's absolutely talented as hell and um, it'll be real interesting to see like um, how he does in this kind of environment and if they give him a, a proper good chance in the
0: tournament. I don't think so, but still, well, it remains to be seen. I mean, there's plenty, and this is the thing that people seem to have not grasped, as, grasped even, is they going to have all these qualifiers and then they're going to have the actual tournament filmed in Orlando. So I don't know if it'll be a full sale or They'll just film it inside the performance centre, I'm not sure. Um if I don't know how they can film it in the performance centre, that'd just be strange. Be a match with no crowd. That's silly. So it'll probably be at full sale. They'll have these cruiserweight series Tatums, I'd imagine. Or maybe it's uh, some of the, the house shows, they'll, they'll maybe because it seems like they're gonna bring these guys in they'll be there for a little while, like maybe a couple of weeks. Um strange. Strange the way it's progressing and it's like guys are already qualifying, but no everybody's already announced and um I'm sure we'll get to see some guys for the the performance centre involved as well. And probably Kota Boucher at some point. Um considering that he was he was shown on screen at NXT as well. I don't know if he was shown no he was on shown shown on camera as well, wasn't he? Or wasn't he just on the screen? Um and then obviously we get things like to look forward and NXT, like Eric Young debuting Bobby Roode will be debuting very soon it seems um, and obviously some more Joe dethroning Finn Balor as NXT champion um, so there's plenty to look forward to uh, in the, the coming weeks and months and glad to be back um, as usual you can catch us on all your social media uh, at one Hour Broadway. you can also find any information you do need at one and don't forget to like, subscribe give us any feedback on any social medias and you can download us at iTunes or Stitcher again under One Hour Broadway um, and for this week and for the last couple of months we've, for the last month or so we've not been here um, thanks for listening